Welcome. Welcome. You going to put your headphones on, Blake? Yeah, whenever I get them adjusted. Everybody, welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Uh, I've been trying to tell y'all for the last year or so that you don't have to renew your registration on your vehicle, okay? <laughs> I've been trying to tell all y'all fools that are sending your, your hard-earned money in to pay for a little sticker to put on your license plate that you're wasting your time and your money. The DMV is stealing your time and your money from you. Uh, now, I have proven that once again. You don't... It, it, is, it is unconstitutional to require you to freaking pay for a tag on your vehicle. And I've proven it once again. Tell the people tell the people about it, Chili. I'd take your word for it, but I wouldn't tell people the details, man. You can, you don't that's not tac- tactically sound. What what about the what's the details? You want you go ahead, tell everybody how how you skirt the skirt the rules. See if you keep skirting them. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't wise, man. <laughs> I'll let you do it, but I ain't doing it. It's a little bold, isn't it? <laughs> that's real bold. Well, you know. I'd even say prideful. Pride goeth before the fall. <laughs> Look, man, you, you haughty. I, yeah, I, I mean, so we had a we had a uh, a law enforcement officer that we trained with a few months ago, and he and he said, "Man, I don't care about these freaking tags and registration." He even knew that it was un, unjustifiable laws, man. Well, they may all know, but some of them were going to care. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've wrecked my truck out, and. uh Chili was on the blood side. How was that from your angle, Chili? Well, t- tell me the story. What? How did that happen? I'll tell the story of how you you wrecked your vehicle. Sure. <laughs> how did that happen? Because if you told it, it would. There's be... There's a lesson here, by the way. If yeah, if you told it, it'd be full of lies and and defamation of other people's character and and all kinds of stuff. Just bear false witness. Well, well let's hear the truth about it then. Well, we're leaving. Sloppy Floyd State Park, right? We just had a nice race there. We were marking the course on Friday to get ready for Saturday. Getting out there, put the flags out. I put about, I don't know, how many flags I put down? About eight or nine? Maybe. Yeah. And uh, Brooke was out there with all of her signage and arrows, and Mike Borelli still got lost. So, <laughs> shout out Mike. But uh, <laughs> For a long time, too. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh yeah, so we get done wrapping that up. We're leaving out the park. Brooke is, where'd she leave? She leave before us? Yeah. I guess she had to. She would have passed. So Brooke leaves out. We leave out. Me and Chad are talking about Lord knows what. He's probably talking about some Lord of the Rings movie or whatever crap he watches. Well, I can tell you what I was thinking about. Mm. That freaking ribeye. Mm. I had smoked 4.7 pounds of ribeye for Chili and I. And I was hoping to make it home before everybody else got home so that me and Chili could eat all the ribeye and not share it with anybody. Mm. So that's what I was thinking about. Well, I was, thinking, I was thinking about some food, too, because I hadn't ate in a long time. And we're sitting over there talking. I'm, I'm just minding my own business, you know, over there in the passenger seat with my feet up in the seat and just kind of leaned back, you know, ready to ready to get back to the house and... Just enjoy a nice smooth ride, and then we get behind this fella in a in a black truck, and 
you know, he's he's driving slow and not the best, but I didn't it wasn't bothering me, clearly not as much as it was my chauffeur uh who was getting angrier as the seconds passed what passed by as evidenced by his I'll just hold my tongue good, and good, I'll tell the truth good, later. Good gosh. Good, this guy oh, hey, look at him. He's putting he's putting his brakes on in the middle of the road. He's about stopping. He's swerving. What, what good gosh. So that goes on. I mean, he don't Chad's clearly you talk about a short fuse. I mean it's not like we rode behind the guy for miles and miles and miles. It took about three seconds of what Chad felt was was negligent driving for him to just blow up and say, I, I'm over it. I'm freaking passing this idiot. And so he gets over, crosses two solid yellow lines. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I'll have to go back and look at those lines. Well, I know I know for a fact what they are. And... And to all my to all my legal experts out there, you'll know that that is in fact illegal. And gets into the to the left lane facing oncoming traffic, and just hits that old hits that old Toyota as hard as he can. Just <laughs> by, by that time, this fella who had stopped in the middle of the road, I'll grant you that with no turn signal on. You sure? I po- you I, bet your yeah, life. He did not have a turn signal on, and he stops in the freaking road. Well, I can't so, confirm or deny whether. So what whether. the crap do I think? I'm go- I need to go around this person because he's just here stopped in the well, road. Well, you didn't stop at all and then maybe consider that for a second. You just kept on rolling, never even put your brakes on, just woo, le- swerved over to the left lane and passed him. About that time, he turns left into his driveway, and then... <laughs> I see, I see this fella about my face and his face are about an inch apart from each other as he turns his window into mine <laughs> and this car just scrapes on by and I, I'm just, I'm just sitting there waiting on the, on the, the window to, to the glass to bust in on me and hit me in the face and just like to kill me. The doors bending. I just hear metal, just, just hot metal, just <laughs> bad. Then Chad just drives drives up a little bit, pulls off on the side, and we both look at each other and went, <laughs> that ain't good. And I thought, I thought, about this time, it immediately hit me. He's got no tags on his vehicle. Four years expired. He's driving here, clearly his fault, has a wreck, probably don't even have a license, probably <laughs> don't even have his insurance on the car. I mean, what in the world, man? He's, All correct. He's about to go to jail. I was like, I got to bail him out. I wanted a dang ribeye. I looked over at Chili and I started digging through my back seat. I said, I got, I got to think here. Hopefully, I don't have anything illegal in this truck. <laughs> so, sure you did. Uh, you had no insurance, proof of insurance in the car. Luckily, I had insurance. You luckily, you so. did have insurance, though, so that was resolved. We didn't know for a fact if we had insurance or not. But it turns out we had it. That was good. That was a big relief when when the insurance man. I had to call mom to say, "Who do who do we have insurance through?" Because they recommended that insurance company to me, and I said, "Who do we?" And so she sent me the message, and I called him up. And the feller said, "Well, I'll look. I'll look and see." <laughs> I said, "Well, if you find anything." Email it to me ASAP. <laughs> if we don't have it, go ahead and book us some real quick. 
Well, insurance is a freaking scam, dude. Yeah. Okay. Saved you some money, didn't it? What All was right. going on with the fellow? go to having Rex. Okay, I'm going to tell you what, man. Wow. I'm going to tell you what. Well, look. Tell it, me. Look. Mm. Okay. Mm. Look. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you, if you ride down Sloppy Floyd Road ever, I guess that's what that road's called. I don't know what that road's called. I, I y'all don't need to know, anyways. But if go ahead and look at the 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 houses and the residents on that road, and it's gonna tell you something about the intelligence level of the human beings that live in that area. Okay, and 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 I would go as far as to say, many of the humans living on that road. Do not need to be operating a motor vehicle. Uh, well, that's ugly talk right uh, Well, there. it's ugly talk, but it's the reality. Okay? That is ugly. So this this feller is driving erratically eh. on, on and off his brakes, swerving. And another thing, have y'all ever noticed that people who have Donald Trump stickers on their car <laughs> are idiots? Have y'all noticed that? <laughs> Did you see his Donald Trump? I, and I yeah. knew as as soon as I seen that Donald Trump sticker on his car, I, I, I that confirmed why this dude was driving erratically. If you see a handicap tag or a Donald Trump sticker on a car, get as far away from that driver as you possibly can. Well, that's what you because, were trying to do. Because they're going to do something stupid. Okay, I can just go ahead and tell you, anywhere they go, they're going to do something stupid. Says the one heading exactly. eastbound and westbound lanes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this cat is driving erratically, and then, as I said, stated previously, he stops in the freaking road with no turn signal. And what do you do when somebody stops in the road? Well, I'll probably stop behind them and wait to see what they're going to do. Well, I, I think you go around them, okay? Mm. Yeah, I'll assess the situation before you do that. Well, I assessed it right quick. And, and, <laughs> Sounds uh, like it. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I went on ahead to go around this fella, and I remember telling Chili as we go went around this joker, I remember saying, well, he's turning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, right about, <laughs> yeah, right as I saw, I saw this, this big projectile coming right at my window, I hear, well, he's turning. And then, wasn't but a half a second later, I, you tried to kill me. I, I bet that man thought. Probably a tenth of a second. <laughs> what the crap did I just hit? Well, I'm just trying to turn in my driveway. Well, that's the weirdest part of this story. Because I didn't get to go out and talk to him with you because my door was so damaged that I couldn't open my door. Yeah. Just to give you an idea. Yeah. I couldn't get out of the vehicle. Uh I wanted to go talk to these people and see what they had to say because if I was you, I would have went over there like, good grief, what are these people going to say? I just freaking rammed into the side of them. They're probably not going to be too happy. I would have said if I was them, what's wrong with you? I mean, I would have been pretty pissed. But, no, and that, they, what but, was, but that's you because you're a fully functioning human being. <laughs> um, okay. What did they do? Uh I'm not going to keep being mean on here. I, I, I'm I, just trying to... I'm not going to keep you've being You've been mean. ugly, so. There's children listen to this, all right? You've been real ugly. Uh, Let's I, move on to your weakling uh, tail. Couldn't I, even get I, you lug nuts off. Okay, yeah, okay. So, when I went over and talked to these cats, I, I, was in no, I was in no 
Um, I, but I had no interest in hearing what they thought about the situation. No, I wouldn't. Okay. No. All I wanted to do was to make sure they were okay. All right. And so I, I immediately call 911. While I'm on the phone with 911, I'm walking to their vehicle. And all I'm concerned about is if these individuals are okay. Make sure nobody's hurt. Nobody was hurt. I checked with both of them. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Yep, I'm good. I tell 911, no injuries, just a, just a fender bender. We bent some fenders. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess bumper. I guess it's a bumper bender. Yeah. All right? And, uh, and so that's all. And then I went back to my dang truck, uh, and, and we, we commenced to laughing (laughs) about the, the, the situation that we were in here. And so here's the lesson. And I shared this on resurrected the other night. Okay. That's a funny story, all that, but. A lot of you guys have probably had car accidents before where, where no one was injured, okay? And, and that's the first, that's the highest priority. Make sure everybody's okay. Once everybody's okay, don't, if this ever happens to you, don't let it ruin your entire day or your entire week or your entire month, okay? What's, what's done is done, and it's a material object. And I have seen people's reaction to fender benders, and they and they let it just ruin their entire day, right? You have an opportunity in moments like this to figure out to figure out whether or not your possessions own you or not. Y'all get y'all get what I'm saying now. Y'all get what I'm saying. A lot of times. We can say, well, you know, in any material thing is not our God. We don't worship those things. We, we, they're, they're just things that help us, talking about vehicles specifically, get from one place to the other. We have no emotional attachment to it. We can say all that, but then when it get, that thing gets destroyed, it just ruins your entire week, right? So this was my grand opportunity to practice what I preach, right? And I preach many things, but one of the things is you should live this life as a son and daughter, a son or daughter of Christ. Live this life as if you have nothing. In other words, you serve God and these material things should have no should have no bearing or no ownership over you, right? So if it gets destroyed, Laugh about it as long as everybody's okay. You're going to find something else to drive. You're going to fix the daggone vehicle. You're going to get an, it. It's no big deal, man. So I want y'all to just take that little piece of, of, of knowledge with you. And I want you to assess yourself. Do the things that you have, whether it's your house, your car, your, your, your motorcycle. Do the things that you have own you it's a hard it's hard to live life in a manner to where the things that you possess don't own you but that's where we want to be as sons and daughters of christ right really think about that in your own mind and if you see one of those things in your life that has ownership over you probably what you should do is get rid of that thing 
Get it out of your life. Clean your freak. It's going to feel so much better if you get that thing out of your life. Whether it's a bass boat or a freaking Harley or a really nice vehicle. Man, that's some burdensome stuff right there. You know, that was my biggest lesson from the whole thing. Me and Chili genuinely laughed once we knew everybody was okay. We laughed our freaking butts off. And you know what we did? We went back to the house. We had a good dinner. We got up the next morning. And we showed up for people. Instead of, I didn't, I, we just showed up for people and did what we were supposed to do. And went on with life. Okay, what the crap you been smiling about, man? I just think a lot of that falls flat from a financially stable man who got off scot-free from the <laughs> from the police officer. I mean, sometimes people stress a little more about a wreck because there's more implications than you had. You got you should have went to the dang brig well, hey, and man. Got- <laughs> what, what chili? Do you do you think if, That's if, a good lesson? I'm I mean, just if I would have went to jail, I would have <laughs> that would have been an even bigger laugh, man. Real funny. I mean, that would have been... It'd been real funny if I didn't come bail you out and me and, if Blake didn't drive over and... Oh, yeah, Blake wanted me to talk about the lug nuts. Okay, part of this wreck... What a weirdo. Part of this wreck, my back tire, the sidewall on my back tire got freaking shredded. And so... Fender be, bender. Because it, because it was a Toyota... The vehicle is still drivable. You can't destroy a Toyota. Like, you can destroy the tires, but as long as you got some some shoes on that thing, it's going to go, okay? My Toyota was, man, it was ready to rock and roll, but we had to take this back tire off because we had a busted, blowed-out shoe. Look, I pulled out my tire-changing tools. Me and Chili, we got, what, two lug nuts broke free. <laughs> And well, it didn't fit the yeah my tire changing tools a little warped yes I've warped it <laughs> because I put lug I had a flat the other day I put lug nuts on my truck a while back I rotated my tires and then uh, I put the lug nuts on too tight so then when I had that flat I was trying to get the lug nuts off and I warped my tire tool and I actually ended up I only have about three or four lug nuts on each tire anyways I ended up when I had that flat the other day I had to take that tire tool. And I had to beat it on to a lug nut with a sledgehammer. And then then I could break the lug nut loose. So it's warped. I'm trying to get these. Luckily, Jonah Bunch shows, shows up. Bunch's Diesel Performance. Jonah Bunch, one of the best mechanics, if not the best performance mechanic in the nation. Okay, he shows up and saves the day. And so I got this tire tool beat onto this lug nut. And I was standing on the tire tool trying to break this thing loose. Jonah comes up with a different tire tool, but the same type of one. He puts it on the lug nut, and he just <laughs> breaks the freaking lug nut loose, and it literally looked like he was, like, required no effort. And I was like, dude, I was just jumping on that thing. So we know that Jonah Bunch can put at least 180 pounds of force <laughs> on a tire tool with his with his bare hands, okay? And I just felt like a hollow-boned freaking bird standing there when he did that. Yar. Oh, there was one time we were trying to jack the truck up, and Jonah was laying under, under the truck. By the way, he ended up jacking the truck up because I couldn't do my jack thing fast enough to suit him. And one time he pushed up on the truck 
like he was bench pressing it. And I literally thought he was going to lift the truck off the ground. Like he took all the slack out of the suspension by pushing up on the truck. I never seen anybody that strong. Uh, but I realized why, because the, the next day or maybe that night we went and sat in the sauna, me and Jonah did, and we're sitting in the sauna, dude, and the lights on in there and we can see our reflection in the glass of the sauna in front of us. And I look up and Jonah's sitting right beside me and I'm like, holy crap, man. This dude is literally three of me. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. He's literally three of me. And he ain't fat. He's freaking strong. Yeah. It's unbelievable how big that dude is, man, and how how much power he can generate. Didn't he say he uh, hadn't bench pressed in forever and he just walked in the gym the other day and had 365 or something? Yeah. That's that's It's unbelievable how much to do that. power he can generate, man. I mean, I couldn't believe you couldn't break that thing loose after seeing you deadlift this morning in the gym. Oh, yeah. That's heavy. <laughs> oh, do y'all really want to talk about that? <laughs> I took y'all I took y'all fools to school. I've took you to school. <laughs> Dude, I've... I don't even know what the crap is going on. Look, you just lost. Look, all of our listeners just tuned out at this point. Dude, if they stuck through that long, convoluted story you just told, they're still listening. That was terrible. I took y'all to school, son. You're getting fit, man. You're doing good. Well, you know what I want to talk about today? Um, do we have any housekeeping to take care of, Blake? Mm, you want to talk about the proving ground dates to come? Well, we'll we'll talk about that when we get them on the website. All right, there, there's going to be known. there's going to be an opportunity for the proving grounds. This will be troop number six. So January sold out. Mm-hmm. Troop five is sold out at the proving grounds. So new dates for troop six are going to open up soon. All right, I'll let you guys know when those are on the website. <clears throat> okay, yeah. What I want to talk about today. Um, Hey, who is this Theo Vaughn guy? He's an it, actor, isn't he? Comedian. Is Brooke listening to him? Okay, she played him the other day. Did and, you actually think it was funny? Oh, he was cracking me up. Okay, dude. thank you. Yeah, I think he's funny. I think he's real funny. Yeah. He's a he lives in Nashville, comedian, and I've seen him on stuff and thought he was funny and Brooke was laughing at something the other day and I was like, "Have you ever heard of him?" and we watched it. Why I don't. Where were you? You you came in from the sauna a little bit later uh, or something, and, and I probably wasn't even in the mood. To no, hear no. It. And we were we were watching it, and dude, we were dying laughing. Yeah. So I turned her on to him. He's pretty funny. Yeah. You know who else is shot out? It's funny as crap. Who? Stevo. Oh yeah. I mean that Joker. I yeah. I was watching him the other day, or no, yesterday. Brooke played a little clip when when he went on the Joe Rogan show, and this dude is like, oh, he's awesome. I mean, he. I think he's sober now. Yeah. But he was in the game too long. <laughs> yeah. He, he ain't coming back. Yep. I mean, this guy. It's remarkable that he's still alive. Theo Vaughn, what was so funny is he reminded me of Chili because there was a point in this interview where where he, he was either talking to Mike Rowe. I think he was yeah, talking to Mike a, Rowe. That was a, he did a podcast and, with him. Somebody was like, Somebody Theo started to say something, and 
Mike was like, what What were you thinking about? And he was like, uh, I'm trying to think about what I was thinking about. <laughs> and I was like, that just, he just remind his mannerisms reminded me of Chili. Uh, but anyways, what I want to talk about on today's episode is hope. And this comes from a conversation Chili and I had the other day. And I think that hope is one thing that may, may be the one thing that has taken the biggest hit mm. in the last two, three years. Um, and, you know, I think before all of this uh, coronavirus age and all this stuff, it was easier to have hope in temporal or carnal things, right? So even if you look at races, if you're if you're a runner, if you signed up for a race, you could put you could hope, like you had hope that that race was going to happen. Um, if you if you like watching sports, like you could have hope, and and basically depend on your sports game being on TV. Uh, if you like to go out and eat at different restaurants, like that gave you something to, to hope for, to be able to do, right? Well, the idea that they wouldn't happen probably wasn't even in your mind. That's right. exactly right. Yep. We were living in a world where we we didn't, like, it, was an, it, it wasn't reality. It, the, like, we were living in this... Uh, we were living in this world where we thought we could just depend on everything to happen the way we expected it to happen, and we didn't really believe that all of that could go away. And I told Chili, man, I, and I'm going to turn it over to you in just a second, Chili, and let you kind of articulate you know, that, because we talked about it the other day and you did it really well, but... I told Chili, I said, man, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, the last couple of years have affected me. Like, they haven't destroyed me, but they've affected my perception of, of things, uh, of the world that we live in. Like, if I'm going to be real, we, I, like to, I like to walk around and act like none of this crap affected me, and a lot of y'all probably like to do the same thing. But if I'm honest, I don't know if I can t articulate specifically how, but they have, these, the last couple of years have affected me. And I think they've affected a lot of people, and I think they've affected a lot of people a lot deeper than they've affected me personally. But I've seen a, we've seen a shift in in. And a lot of things. Uh, so what do you have to say on this topic, Chili? <clears throat> well, I hate that you wanted me to beautifully articulate something. I forgot that. I mean, I remember the conversation. I forgot what I said. But I think... I, I think um, whoever brought it up, my, my, my overarching point was that, I, like you said, I thought it seems observable that people have less hope than they did um for one it's observable in in my own in me i mean it's it's changed how i perceive things i you know you just become more more jaded i think and more ah, i don't even know all the adjectives but you you 
how many times before 2020 were you excited about going to a, like you said, a football game or something? You had tickets and, and, and you, you bought these tickets to this game or you signed up for a race and how many times did you have that and then end up not going? Probably not very many. And if you did, it was because you got sick. Yeah. You yeah. got injured. You The opportunity was still there. Yeah, yeah. like you uh, – something came up that you'd rather do instead. Like, And then in 2020, not just one thing, everything <laughs> that everybody had planned was canceled. And not because they couldn't no longer make it, because – you weren't allowed to. Yep. So a new experience or a new, a new, uh, state of reality that, that cascades upon a population all at once has some profound effects because that could happen to one person and it would screw them up. It would screw them up all the same. But you literally screwed up millions and millions and billions of people in the same way all at once. Because one thing that it did is it gave something for everybody to relate to. Because whether it was a race or your graduation or your wedding or your funeral, your funeral, somebody's funeral or whatever it was, everybody could relate to, hey, in 2020, I had this big thing planned or even a small thing and or a series of small things, or a bunch of big things, and they all got taken from us all. And and I remember at the very beginning of 2020, I felt I was very, well, I think I struggled with selfishness, um, and I was in a very selfish mindset, only focused on, you know, the races that I had planned to do and that got canceled and, and stuff like that. And then I thought, <laughs> all of this stuff that I think is unique to me is literally the same for everybody right now. It's just they were planning on doing something different maybe, but it's all the same. That was their world. Their world, just like my world, got stripped away. And that shift, I think realizing that early on helped a lot because I was like, yeah, this sucks, but it's not, this this struggle, this feeling is not unique to me. It's It's shared amongst uh, 8 billion people and there's, there's a real, uh, opportunity with that. But then where I started to struggle again is as time goes by, you see the opportunity that was present with that f- not be taken advantage of because people just turned inward, felt sorry for themselves and then just didn't learn the lesson that came with that happening. And the lesson, one of them, like you said, is why did we assume that that would never happen? Why do we? Why did we assume that just because something is there that it has to happen? You may not can make it. You may get sick or injured, but that race, it's always going to happen. That event's always going to happen. That possibility was always there, mm-hmm. but we didn't believe. It didn't register as a possibility. And I think that, that lesson should be applied to to everybody in the world that we live in now, but people still aren't doing it. Like, it's it's actually they got the the raw end of both uh, of both deals. Like they, people have lost the hope, in a sense, but they also are putting things on the back of their mind 
So it's it's like a double negative. It's really bad <laughs> because I don't think pe- the the lessons from all of that have registered in people's minds. Yet they, you know, they ignore it. So so you're going to repeat it again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I, this is a different way than we talked about that the other day, but I forgot how we even talked about it. Well, what I mean, what I what I see along the lines of what you're talking about is. That lesson was learned that we were living in this false reality that there was no chance of the things that we hoped for or we were excited about. There was no chance of those things to go away unless it was something, uh, you know, going on with our own personal life. Um, So that's a great lesson to learn. But you're right. People didn't learn that lesson, but then bounce back into bounce back into the mix with that knowledge. They didn't bounce back into the mix. Once things started opening back up and, and opportunities are, are now, you know, back in play, everything's back in play, people haven't bounced back from it, man. Do you think the fire's been taken out of people? Well, it, that is, in a big way, what it seems like. It, it does. It seems like I, I see very... I see very little fire in people, man. I mean, the fire about got took out of me, man. Like... It's it's a different it's a different feeling. It's a different place that we're living in now than it was in 2019. I, well, it's, it's like people's own fault. It's yeah. The the hope this was this had this is was going to happen. It will always happen because nothing stands the test of time other than the hope of Jesus. All this other stuff. They put their hope in these things yeah. that they thought were truth and were always going to be there, and they were taken away because they couldn't stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. So the fault is on the person for putting their hope in the wrong thing, and if the fire has been taken out of them, then you need to realize that, well, the fire's taken out of me because I had my hope in these sports or these events or yeah. this thing that I can no longer do, and it can be taken away from me. It, You know, I don't want to get on here and preach but there is only one thing that cannot be taken away from you oh you can it, preach on here brother and, and that's you know but that's the only thing and so you realize man I, I put my hope in the wrong place and if people don't have the hmm. fire in them it's because they haven't came to the realization of that yet and that's how a christian should live the way that those people lived with that fire about sports and about races and about events that's how a Christian should live with the hope of Jesus, not the hope that I'm going to get to a better place and things will be better for me. It's the hope of, man, this is exciting. This is something I can share with people. This is this is it, and it stands the test of time, and it's the only thing that will stand the test of time. Yeah. So I think it was hope definitely has taken a hit, but it's because people put their hope in the wrong things and held the wrong things as truth. They held those things as truth that the football game was going to happen on whatever date the Super Bowl happens yeah. and that this race was going to take place and that this restaurant was going to be open because their hours are from 3 to 10 at night on Friday. They say it's going to be open, and yep. they have been open for the last 15 years. Yep. And it's truth because of that. And it's not truth because of that. Hmm. It's, it's fickle, and hmm. someone can say, yep, I know you've been open for a long time. But you ain't opening up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think I think the uh, the stark example of freedom being taken away 
made you feel or made me feel like exposed and vulnerable to, to, to that. Like, like you felt less autonomous. You felt, I mean, you had less liberty. I mean, you literally did. You should, it's not like you felt that way. And I think that's part of what dimmed the fire in me is it had some effect on that because of that. And you know, the, the hope, I think people struggle with having, with, I don't know how to articulate it uh, because this is my own experience too, and I, but I think people can relate is it makes sense when you say, okay, you can't put your hope in these things. You have to put your hope in eternal things. But at the same time, I want to turn around and say, I, I agree with that, but I'm, I'm living in the here and now on this earth. And, and ultimately it's like, okay, this earth doesn't really have hope. It's going to be destroyed but and it's a fallen world but i'm living in it so like how do i get through this life you know with my with my with my current situation how do i make it better how do i have hope just for the day to day i don't know it's does that make sense that distinction yeah, i don't it, t- it totally makes sense man um i i can explain to you how that works in my mind yeah um it's it's I know it sounds whatever uh may, maybe it maybe people can't comprehend this but it is literally your only option is although you are right. living in this world like the things that anything that you 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 have to understand this is the reality anything that you identify with or or get get pleasure or satisfaction from outside of God in faith if you put hope you just can't put and although you will because you're living in in this although you will you better take that with a grain of salt knowing you're going to be let down yeah okay yeah. and so for me I've been thinking a lot about me personally. Okay, what do I really want? Like we've 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 talked about this for so long. What what am I doing here? Like, what do I really want to be? What do I want to offer? What do I want to be known as? Okay, I made a video yesterday. Put it out on YouTube. All I did was explain the gospel. Tried to do it in as simple a way as I possibly could. It's a foundational thread within Scripture, and a weird thing happened. We've done a lot of videos on YouTube, okay? That video we recorded yesterday, I, that's the video that I have been most excited about releasing that, we, that we've ever filmed, okay? This is really weird that this happened to me, okay? I told Blake, I said, put this video out tomorrow because I was excited about that video. And you know, here's the weird part. I wasn't excited about the video because I thought that it would do well. The video will not do well. I know that. It hasn't. Yeah, it, the video will not do well. In spite of that, I was more excited about that video than anything else we have put out on YouTube because of the content of that video. Mm-hmm. This is very strange to me, but it's 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 helped me understand what do I really want to do and be and offer and be known for? 
And I would like to be, I would like to offer and be known for and and operate within the construct of my faith. Uh, whether it does well or not, like if I could be known, if I could be known as a a Bible teacher and and know that I'm doing good work for the kingdom of Christ and changing hopefully being some peace in, in maybe getting somebody to open a Bible for the first time or, or, or consider God for the first time or something like that. Like, that's what I want to be known as and for. Above an ultra runner, above a Navy SEAL, above, any, above a shooter, above any of that stuff, like, that is what fulfills me. And the reason is... Because I know I can put my hope in that specific message. And it's, like I say, it's weird, though, because it won't do as good as all the other stuff. But it excited me, and, and I, I'm, I'm working through that in my own mind. So even though you live in this world, and yeah, you're gonna, I'm going to get pulled down many different roads where I'm going to put my hope in all these different things, I, I'm going to be let down. Right, what most people are putting their hope in right now, politicians. <laughs> most people right now are—they've transitioned and they've—they've they've lost their fire for the things that they used to enjoy. So now they've transitioned their hope, and they've put it in politicians. Let me tell you right now, America is going to fail. Blake said a minute ago, nothing on earth has stood the test of time. No human construct of government, no society, nothing on earth has ever stood the test of time. I want to make a truth statement right now. The United States of America will fail. Okay? Your politicians are human beings. And they are not worthy of your hope. No. Okay? But that's what people are putting their hope in, man. <clears throat> and, and the brutal <laughs> the brutal answer is that you cannot have hope in anything other than God. Well, everything else will return void and let you down. The only you think the only thing we all want to point somebody in a direction that is good and if it involves another human, even us, if, if somebody loves training with 307 Project and they say, man, I want you, you should go train with 307, you should go, you should go. We we can't live up no. to that expectation of, of the way they built it up. But God will always live up to whatever. It, we can't do credit of who God is. So as much good and as much as we can lead somebody or point someone in that direction, he will always return much more than we can let on like you know you, you think like a kid and you're telling them oh this is going to be exciting we're going to go to this place and do this thing and yeah it may be fun for them but it's not going to be what you built it up to be and god is the only one that can return more than what you have built him up to be to other people yeah i mean for god to essentially be god what that means he he has to be the only thing you could put your hope in. I don't. I don't know that that God would be God if you could put your hope in a bunch of other stuff. How would that even work? 
Like he has to be the only thing available. I mean, you can you can choose to put your hope in something, but it actually it doesn't provide any hope. Like you can put your hope in a politician. I guess you actually can do that, but it it doesn't work. He exists in the same time, <laughs> space, and matter that you did that yeah. you do. And so, how can he be? All he is is he's had different experiences than you, and that doesn't make him any. He's lived a different life or whatever than you. But to create something. You have to have lived outside of it first, right? You, you can't live in time, space, and matter yeah. and then have created it. So God created all of those things, and if you're living amongst that with the same person you're putting hope in, he, he's just had different experiences than you. He sees things maybe a little bit different and can provide different insight, but how does that make him worthy of your hope? People, people are, because of what has happened, people are, are grasping at things they can be hopeful for. And I, th- I think the the whole political stuff is just the the, 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 the nearest thing to but, grasp But at. people will not let that go. I mean, no. they, they refuse to let it go. And I think that in and of itself is, is, is killing America on top of a lot of other things. But it's, yeah. I don't know how you, how you would ever shift from that. I, I don't know that you will, but... And you talk about putting hope in something and putting and, and putting hope in Christ. Like, what does that actually look like for me personally? I'll just give you the most recent example. What what does it look like to actually put your, put your hope in Christ? Okay, I'll, I'll go back to the video we just made. This is what it looks like for me to put my hope in Christ. I did this video explaining the gospel, which, by the way, we're going to do more of these. We're going to do more of these videos that revolve around the foundational elements of Scripture and trying to explain them in ways that people can understand. And so I put this video out, and it's going to do... It did terrible. I knew it I knew it would, and this and that. But I have... I. St- I have hope in Christ. And what that means is I'm going to continue to put these videos out because I know that the gospel of Christ, that the word of God will not come back void. Like, so there is my, there is my hope. I'm putting these videos out not because I have hope that they will do good, not because I have hope that they will generate revenue, not because I have hope that for any, of any of that stuff that, that we have hope for in any other content. I'm putting this out purely because I have hope that the word of God will not come back void. In other words, it will accomplish the work that it was meant to accomplish. And that work may not be generating revenue. That work may not be generating views. That work may be impacting one single human. And I know that will be accomplished. Now, that's hope. That's hope. Okay? And maybe that's why I was so, maybe that's why I was so excited about that specific piece of content because I, we, could, we could film it and we could put it out, and there would be no, there is no question in my mind that it will accomplish what it is, is meant to accomplish. Mm-hmm. No question in my mind. Every other piece of content that we put out, you can't say the same thing. You're wondering, what is it going to accomplish? 
you're wondering about yeah. that, right? With yeah. this, th there's no, you can have hope. Yep. <laughs> Weird, man. I'm just telling you where I'm at. Well, y'all get that? You know that. Do, do, do you understand that, Chili? I mean, did that make sense at all? Well, yeah, I mean, okay. you're you're saying, well, it's it's what it's. I'm it, just trying to give a tangible representation of how I, what what in my own life playing out, and everybody's gonna be different. But what does it mean to actually? There's many meanings to putting your your hope and faith. I mean, that's eternal hope. Well, uh, I think it gets confusing because you can put your hope in other things. It's just gonna fail it you. won't work out yeah, yeah. i yeah. think that's where it get like you can put your hope and in, i will and it, i will yeah. I, I will get sidetracked like, and i will put my hope in things i think that's what people have to understand is you absolutely i mean there are people actively putting their hope in politicians right now as we speak they are doing that they it's are, not even that you can it's yeah. that you will yeah but but that the point is is that will never work yeah. And the only way for it to matter or for it to ever work, if you want to say, is putting it in God. Because by by nature, by his nature, that's the only place you can put it and it matter and not fail you. So that would just be why, if nothing else, this should implore people to stop, do their best to stop putting their, faith, their hope in other things. Mm-hmm. But at, at that and plus, when you do put your hope in other things, because you will and I will and all of us here will, we'll put our hope in money. We'll put our hope in in uh, something that we enjoy doing. We'll we'll do each that. other. We'll do that throughout our life. Okay, when you do do that and it doesn't work out, when it ends up not working out, just revisit this thought and say, "Oh, okay, I should have told my that 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 myself yeah. from from the beginning." So don't let that dim your fire. Don't let that freaking take the fire out of you. Refocus and carry on. A, a big, a, even a deeper problem than where you're putting your hope is what what your desire is. People are putting their hope in politicians because their yeah. desire is for America to be what it once was, not for souls to come to Jesus. Th their desire is actually yeah. in the wrong place. and There's desires to be saved. Yeah, and they have selfish desires. And that's probably half the reason they're not putting it in God because for them to pray and ask God to restore America to this place, that's that's what they want. That may not be God's plan, or it may be, but submitting yourself to God and doing the work that he has for you, you can trust that things will work out how they are supposed to work out. If you put your hope in a politician and he corrects America, well, huh. just because he did that doesn't mean anything. And I'm, I was reading, I told Chad and Brooke the other day, that book, um, A Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23. And he says in there that if you were to go, this is deep, follow me just for a second. If you would, This is what he says. If you were to go to the closest sun outside of our solar, you know, outside of our sun, and you had the most powerful telescope on earth, you couldn't see earth from that star, right? And... Definitely couldn't see any people on Earth if you couldn't even see the planet. And there's billions of stars that big in yeah. space. And so you think God created all of that, and it just puts into perspective how much what you really want even well, matters. Well, Blake, I, I think I think when you talk about the 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 desire 
your your desires that that drive your hope. I think that you should tell the story that you told on Resurrected the other night about yeah. the uh, and you don't have to go into super detail, but the what people in in American yeah. church are 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 desiring and this and that, and then what. Yeah. What should be desired. I think you should tell that story. I'm going to use the restroom while you do that. Yeah, we were sitting. We went to a, a little, uh, I guess, church meeting, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, at the beginning of those, they always ask, you know, do you have any prayer requests? Do you have any praise reports? And so they started doing that. And the praise reports went something along the lines of, like, I fell down the other day, you know, the older lady was saying this. I fell down the other day and hurt my shoulder, and I went to the doctor, and he said I wasn't going to have to have surgery. So I'm praising God for that, mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, okay. And and they kind of continued on along those lines, and and I started to think, that just doesn't sound, doesn't really seem like there's more things I would praise God for than yeah. that. Uh, before that certainly praise yeah. him for it but there's things i would mention before that and then the, the you know the prayer request went something like um you know so and so uh lost their job pray for him that he finds a job and and you the guys that are listening to this might be thinking well what's wrong with that mm -hmm. it, that's yeah that's that's good they they want those things but then i was talking to a guy down at the coffee shop and he just got back from india and and i said you know hey man what what was your Biggest takeaway from your trip in India. And he said, you know, I think it was just the genuineness of the gospel. He said, There's, the people over there are serving God, and that's all they care about. He said, there's a pastor of a church over there. He said, the guy doesn't, he can't afford shoes. He walks around barefoot everywhere he goes. And I just asked him, I said, this is the guy at the coffee shop, said he asked that pastor, what can I be praying for you for? <laughs> And the pastor said, uh, just that souls would be one and people would come to know Jesus. And I said, man, what a contrast of his prayer requests, and I'm sure his praise reports would follow, <laughs> compared to American ones that are me-focused, that are selfish of, I didn't have to endure this suffering. I accidentally fell. I didn't have to endure this suffering. That's a praise. My prayer is that, Lord, um, help me get out of this suffering. I don't want to endure this suffering. Take it away from me. And that guy is over there. If you can't afford shoes, you're suffering financially. You're suffering physically to some degree. You're walking around third world country India with no shoes. And his prayer request huh. was that souls would be one for Jesus. And, and it goes to show where your mind's at and what your desire is in life. Is it for other people and, and for them to come to know Jesus, or is it for you to not have to endure suffering in this world? Look, man, when you told that story, you know what I tried to do? I literally, and, and I could never fully comprehend what this would feel like, but I tried to, in my mind, imagine myself living a life where I could not afford to buy a pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. Do that right now. All your, try to imagine yourself in a position where you literally can't afford to buy a pair of shoes. And some people don't believe that. <laughs> some people don't think that you could get to that point. Oh, oh no. There's Americans. Pl there's plenty of people around the world that are at that are that is yep. their life. Yep. Try to imagine being in that life and then ask yourself in the next moment, 
what is it that you would want people to pray about? And this was just the most, I love that story because this was just the most impactful story to me of thinking if I could imagine being in that position, if I can't afford shoes, there would be a million things Mm -hmm. that I would think to ask people to pray for me about. And not a one of those things would be what that pastor asked yep. for for a prayer request. And I thought, whoa, I'm in a totally different mindset than that feller. Talk about selfless. Yeah. That that sound that's somebody that's died to their self. Yeah. That I mean Unbelievable. I mean, that's what that's I mean, I haven't met him obviously, but I mean I take the story for what it's worth and I can just make assumptions about him. I mean, that's somebody that's died to their self. Yeah. And when you look at yourself and everybody around you, how many people have done that? I mean, you know, we say we do. We say we have. Maybe you have to some degree or, or I don't know. But, I mean, I every everything that I do is motivated by some form of self-preservation. I mean, dang near everything. Dang near I mean, you're hard-pressed to find a whole lot that ain't. And I think too long I've given myself and maybe others the, but I, you know, myself, the excuse that the reason for that is it's just human nature, man. Everybody is, that's why we eat, that's why we drink, that's why we take care, you know, we're wired to take care of ourselves. Which is an accurate statement. It is an accurate statement, but it's not an excuse to not, it's not an excuse to refuse to fully die to yourself. I don't think that's an excuse just because it's human nature. Yeah. You know, like, like that dude did in India. I mean, he's, he's, he's much farther down the road of dying to himself than I am. Yeah. And, and just because it's in my nature, it's in his nature too, to, to take care of himself. It's not an excuse not to do it. Hmm. As, I don't know. That's what I think about that. You know why we don't do it? Because we don't have to do it. It Like, physically, he that guy has no choice, but now he has had to do it, and he has reaped the benefit of doing that. Yeah. In reality, we would all be much better off could we get to that point. Maybe not to where, you know, maybe at least where you got some shoes, but to that point. But I don't know that, I'm not going to say any, but many would willingly. It's it's like the rich young ruler to go give everything away and then come follow Jesus. I mean, even if I assess myself, how far away from that am I? I it, mean, I've got I've got lots of extra, lots of extra things. It's real easy to to talk yourself into selling everything and becoming a monk. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> here, here's the thing, man. I, I taught a whole I taught a a whole thing on resurrected the other night about a a Christian aspiring to have wealth, and we talked a lot about this verse with the rich young young ruler. Okay, and we talked about it. In, a, in, in this sense, why did Jesus ask that man to do that? Do you not think that he didn't already know what his response would yeah. be? That was, that was Jesus' only way of truly seeing the nature of that 
of truly uh, getting that man to portray the nature of his heart mm-hmm. to him. Okay, what do you think would have happened if that rich young man would have said, Roger that, Jesus. I'm going to get rid of this stuff right now. I'm going to have a massive yard sale. Getting rid of this stuff right now. What do you think would have happened? Okay, this is what I think would have happened. You guys remember when Jesus, when God asked Abraham to march up a mountain and sacrifice his son? It's very similar to the request of Jesus asking the rich young ruler to sell all of his possessions. Abraham's son was his most valued possession. God said, Abraham, get rid of your most valuable possession. This rich young ruler, his most valuable possession was his material wealth. Jesus said, get rid of the material wealth. What did Abraham do? He said, Roger that, God. He headed up the mountain with a bundle of wood, his boy, and a knife. Right? He said, Roger that. And guess what? Right at the moment that Abraham was going to sacrifice his son, what did God say? Hold up just a minute. Mm-hmm. Look over yonder. There's a sacrifice right there. You don't need to sacrifice your son. I just wanted you to portray the nature of your heart to me. If this rich young ruler would have made the same decision Abraham made and said, all right, I'm going to have a yard sale, I would bet you money Jesus would have said, hold up just a minute. You can have your riches. Live your life. Use them Because your heart's in the right place, right? Yeah. God does not aspire, God does not require it of a Christian, of a, of a son or a daughter. God does not require you to be dirt poor. No. He does require your heart to be in the right place. Now, how honest can you be with yourself? That's the question. Yeah, that's what, yeah. How honest can you be with yourself? Yeah, how possible is it to have... If you are required at any moment by God in whatever way to get rid of everything that you had, could you do it? Would you do it? Mm-hmm. That, that is what matters. Yep. It matters not what you have. God don't require you to be poor. Right. All right, we, we went in this in depth and resurrected. Like, we talked about this for an hour. We talked about the eye of the needle. We yes. talked about all that, all right? So I want, y'all to, I want y'all to understand that in your head because like Chili just said, it, it wouldn't be hard for him to convince himself oh, yeah. to get rid of everything, all right? But that's not necessarily what God wants you to do. Well, that's the question. I think, you know, I've talked to, well, I... I don't know that I've talked to anybody to that level, but I've talked to people that have offloaded a lot of their possessions in that effort, and I've seen examples of people who literally do go sell everything and live as a as a monk. You know, I've seen examples of that on from far away. I don't know any, but uh, I think I think what what makes me I, 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 they do that because they feel like God essentially wanted them to do that or they feel like that's what they're supposed to do or, you know, God told them to do that. And I just wonder, I'm like, did he? I mean, I, I, I can see the, the logic in that and the appeal to wanting to go do that, but I'm like, how did, you know, 
how did that go? What what made you think that God told you to do that? Because like you said, I don't think I, I don't I don't see how everyone could be required to be to have nothing. You that's know, yeah, it, that's like, not things right. don't work. Yeah, exactly. well, it's you know. not God's plan. He meets people's need through other. Right. People. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. So so I don't know. I just wonder what. You can have what wealth. inspires those people to do that, and I'm sure they all have their own personal testimony yeah. that, that they could share with you about that, right? Yeah, and and what that actually looked like for them, because every example would be specific, right? Because you know there there are many different there are many different reasons why you might find yourself in that position as a Christian, right? One that I can think of in my in my own mind is. There are plenty of people out there who could not, because of who they are, they could not wield any any measure of wealth. They just couldn't wield it. It would it would destroy them. Yeah. And so, if you're that person, God God's gonna God's gonna provide a way for you to fulfill your mission in <laughs> life without that wealth. Now. If you were created as a person that that can possibly wield that, then that's going to be your your role within the body of Christ. I mean, it, that that's just a, a brief explanation of one example of why two different people might have two different paths. There there are infinite number of of reasons why that would be the case. But yeah, I I, I don't know. Living in that isolation, you know, I'm I, when I was a kid. I mean, I was saying it serious as a heart attack. I was going to live just off by myself, not see another human for years. I mean, I was dead serious. It may have been ludicrous, but I legitimately envisioned that and wanted to do that. But then you start to think, man, what is that not a wasted life? Is it not a wasted life to be put here and to never have any other interaction with anybody? You can't do anything then. You can't help anybody then. You can't. I don't know how at that point, if you take it that far, how <laughs> how you're serving anything mm-hmm. other than yourself. I mean, you're just, you're not doing anything. You're just surviving. Well, yeah, and I I don't think that that's a biblical lifestyle. Well, I, I can't uh, think yeah. of a single example of somebody in the in the Bible who who was who was directed to go and live a life of isolation. No, the, goes the closest thing contradictory would, to would just be great to commission. like a monk, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. And th- so th- what, what's pretty isolated? What's the deal with the monk? I mean, where, where are monks in the Bible? I mean, I'm it, saying there's, there's plenty of examples of Christians who think that they should live that lifestyle of nothing but studying God's word amongst maybe a few other people. And they think that's, what they're called to do. I just don't know how that's the case. Show, I mean, yeah, show me an example yeah, that's of what where, I'm saying. where that fits with the Great Commission. It, it doesn't fit. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, guys, I thought this was a great conversation. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed it, and I uh, hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving and uh, take what you will from it. And if you got something from it, we would ask that you would share it with somebody that, uh, that means something to you, somebody that you know and have a relationship with, share it with them, and that's how this thing grows because we don't run ads and all this other crazy stuff. Somebody asked us the other day, said, how did that YouTube thing, what kind of ads did y'all run? Like, what kind of promotions did y'all run to get that YouTube channel to go like that? Nothing. We don't do that. It's all because of you guys. It's all through word of mouth. It's all because you guys choose to pass the word. 
And uh, we greatly appreciate it because we're pretty much wasting our time here if uh, if you guys don't listen. <laughs> so we appreciate you tuning in. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Enough said.